face was a sight to see. Good turn to bad, and bad turn to misery. The All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. A Southern storm of bold, liberating rock shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast, now on Pantheon Podcast Network. With me always is Jason. What's what's going on in a top secret location in the Columbus, Ohio area. I'm trying to line up a lot of good concerts to see this summer, Brian. I got, I'll tell you what, let's, let's give them the rundown. But first, before I give you the rundown, listen, check us out and check our other friends out on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Of course, Jay at the Hook Rocks is always there. Brian, which one of your favorite on the Pantheon Podcast Network? Uh, Mistress Carrie. Mr. Scary is great. Legendary DJ out in, in, I believe, in the Boston area. And she does a fantastic podcast. And you're a KISS fan, so you can listen to the Shout Out Loud cast. Yeah, and I also would highly uh, recommend Cobras and Fire as well. That is a good one. And the Ugly American Werewolf in London is also great. Again, I, as I've said before, I met those guys in Rock and Pod. But getting back to shows for me, and I want to hear about shows for you, okay. but... Uh, We've got Government Mule doing their Dark Side of the Mule tour coming to Columbus, and me and my buddy Brian, my everybody I know is Brian, are going to see him. We saw him in 2019 uh, do that. It was amazing. They're coming to Columbus to do the show. Absolutely going to go, so that's going to be fun. Well, I've got uh, Whiskey Myers uh, about 80 miles north of here in Grand Forks. I'm going to check them out again. Uh, that's in like mid-July, if I remember correctly. Uh, a show that's just come up recently is uh, Ellie Guns and then uh, Tom Kiefer afterwards. That's just like an hour and a half from here, uh, east in Minnesota. Can't wait to see that. You're lucky um, to catch that because they're only doing a couple shows together after doing um, the whole tour last year with Pussycat, which I caught it was amazing. So you're down for a great show. Right, yeah. Uh, and then Tesla is playing uh, the casino about uh, about an hour south of here. And also, uh, my wife and I, we're going to uh, plan on going back to, again to our home away from home in Vegas in October to see Tesla. They're playing a residency at the House of Blues mm. uh, at, uh, um, well, Mandalay Bay. That's it, Mandalay nice. Bay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've stayed at Mandalay Bay before, or no, I'm sorry, I stayed at Luxor, which was next to Mandalay Bay there at the end of the strip. Um, speaking of Tesla, they're coming to Lima, Ohio at some point in June, but it's also tying up to, uh, on back-to-back nights, Blackberry Smoke and Candlebox in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the Sweetwater Pavilion wow. from the Sweetwater Music Store, so that would be interesting to go to Fort Wayne, go to Sweetwater and see back-to-back concerts. I don't know. There's, there's a lot to choose from. Everybody's on the road right now. It's kind of tough. At, at Ly- is that Loudon Lima? There was a festival called Loudon Lima. That no, they have had Loudon Lima before, but this is just Tesla. They're playing a theater in Lima, which is interesting because normally 
in that part of part of the state, they're playing the Hobart Arena in Troy, Ohio. Okay, right on, right on. I don't know. There's just a lot to choose from. The wife and I are going to see Ryan Adams, not Brian, Ryan Adams in August in Columbus. Uh, we're also going to see Belinda Carlisle in Dayton. So oh. like, we got a lot of, I got a, you know what, you know, I like Belinda Carlisle, Brian. I've said it many times. Wow. I, that'd be interesting. I wonder like, you know, obviously you think she's going to play some go-go's. So Absolutely. wonder about her band. I, I don't know, but I'm and it's at the Rose Music Center, which is one of my favorite places to see a show. Not a bad seat in the house and cool venue. So looking looking forward. It's going to be a really good summer full of music. Cool. You know, and I've also been uh, checking out the uh, uh, Las Vegas Blue Society website, and looks there's some interesting artists on there that I'm gonna have to check out. But that's kind of a good segue. Like I like going on, uh, you know, these Blue Society websites. Uh, finding out kind of what kind of festivals are going on in the area and then finding out the lineups and looking through band names and, you know, looking for someone I haven't heard of before. And uh, I was really fortunate to come across uh, Juke House Bombers out of Indiana, Pennsylvania and uh, hit them up. And that's who our guests are coming up. And uh, wow, this is going to blow your mind. <laughs> this is very funny interesting things that the juke house bombers have uh experienced and you'll hear about yeah yes they have a couple good stories for us we didn't even have to ask them to give us a, a story from the road so brian is pennsylvania your new kentucky for these bands um well you know yeah you got to kind of get a good point there i mean rat rod and uh, juke house bombers uh there's a blues guitarist by the name of jeff fetterman that's was on really early on in a podcast so definitely uh you know gotta gotta check out more and as i was uh juke house bombers is playing a show with a band called black ridge that i just heard of and haven't got a chance to check out but i'm gonna check them out so um you guys are gonna you know enjoy this uh nice very cool and hilarious and informative and great conversation with the guys in Juke House Bombers. We're here at the guest segment of the podcast. Jason's going to introduce the guest as he does for you so fine, always. Thank you very much, Brian. As you know, I'm always excited to announce the guest this week. We have four guys from a really cool eastern or southeastern Pennsylvania band. We have Joe, Jimmy, Kirsch, and Troy from the Juke House Bombers. How's it going, guys? Good. Hey, good. How are you? Good. How's everything going in south southeastern Pennsylvania? You said southwestern southwestern oh, Pennsylvania. See, I blew it. I told you guys I, I would blow it. So you're not. <laughs> see, I figured you're from the Philadelphia eastern PA area. Uh, we're uh, we're about an hour east of Pittsburgh. Okay. Oh, east of Pittsburgh. Okay, gotcha. All right, all right. Are you guys Steelers fans? Um, 
Yeah, yeah to a degree. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't like football. There, there was a time whenever I was pretty uh, avid Steelers fan, but the last few years I've kind of shot away from pro sports a bit. All right, Brian. Well, we can I, we can keep these guys on. I'm from Cincinnati. I'm a Cincinnati Bengals guy, so <laughs> just had to be careful who was coming on here. So I'm trying to remember where I came across you guys. Uh, it was like a some must have been a Blue Society, maybe it was a Pennsylvania Blue Society website or for a festival or something. But like when I'm looking for bands, like if if the name sounds cool or if they look like a rock and roll band, I click on that and found you guys and i'm just blown away i just love the music and uh you guys are looking like a southern rock band up there in pennsylvania so um how did just we you know our only cookie cutter question ever is just kind of like how did this come together and after that it's just wide open so if you want to talk about how the band came together and then it's all it's all fair game after that well um we've all kind of worked together in various projects over the years and at one point, Jimmy and I decided that we wanted to put a kind of a blue soul outfit together. And we contacted Troy and he, he was totally game for it. And we kind of started a little project just to have some fun. And Kirsch came on board and it just kind of evolved from there. We all, we're all from a pretty close proximity to each other and kind of grew up in the same rural area. So it was just kind of a natural fit for all us all to end up working together in a project at some point. So it's talking about the rural area. We we find that more and more and more. Um, and I'm from a, like a I'm from a rural area. I'm in North Dakota. I'm from a small town in North Dakota. And so it seems like we're coming across more and more music that just comes from the rural areas. I mean, great rock music, blues, and southern rock, and even if it's not in the South. So that's very cool to hear that. Yeah, there's an area from about Altoona, Pennsylvania, out towards Cleveland, Ohio. There's been uh, a lot of really good steady blues players and uh, Southern rock acts that came out of this area in the last 30 years. So Joe and Jimmy, you guys said you were playing in a some... Uh bands or, or something beforehand what were you guys doing before you started adding troy and kirsch uh some similar stuff we were writing and recording original music and playing a lot of southern rock and you know rolling stones covers and stuff like that jimmy's been at this forever and a day and i it might also be pertinent to uh tell you that he's actually my dad at least as far as i know <laughs> no testing has been done well it, it's funny the reason that you guys are on here tonight is we do have the results of the paternity test and i'm going to tell you that's really your dad <laughs> thanks for clearing that up for me you know there was some uh, it's a very there. special episode of all things blues and southern rock tonight coincidentally yeah just talked to a band of the philadelphia area called rat rod where the father and son play guitars so yeah, actually, uh, Jimmy and I, um, we were in a band together back in the late 80s, and uh, we've always just kind of bumped into each other after that. And uh, I, I knew Troy since we were really in high school. He was two years behind me, and uh, I think I graduated with, with one of your sisters, Mel. And 
kind of weird I was out on the bike and they were playing a, a bike event and I stopped and Jimmy came over whenever they were on break and asked me if I'd be interested in starting a blues thing and said, yeah, why not I wasn't doing nothing else at the time and um, eventually it took about a year and then he gave me a call <laughs> we cut together and um, you know as this thing was was going on I was listening to stuff that Joe had written, Jimmy had written. I had some stuff on the back burner. And uh, it just got to the point where it just almost made sense to, to play the original stuff that we, that we had. And uh, because it pretty much fit what we were doing as far as covers too. And then we just started weaving them together. And it just seemed like it just kept snowballing. There were just more songs being written, more stuff being recorded. And we just kept going with it. So we're always interested to know about, you guys mentioned, you know, it's been a fertile scene there over a lot of years. Um, we tend to find out like the scene, the scenes tend to be, the social media tends to be the scene. Is there still that kind of fertile, bluesy, Southern rock thing going on in that area that you mentioned earlier? Is that still going on today? Uh, to, to a degree, but not like it was, you know, 15, 20 years there's, there's actually a, a pretty fair amount of talent just in our general area, but I don't think a lot of it is directed towards Southern rock. There's a lot of, a lot of jazz players around where we're at, and I, I've noticed really? a lot of people really delving into more like Americana and rootsy folk type music. Yeah, more than more than maybe just genuine rock and roll and Southern rock influence stuff. But there's definitely a few bands around here that are doing it. Some of them are good. And they just don't, uh, they just kind of stay regional. They don't really get out too far. Where, do, where does the jazz coming from, from for your area? That's, that's an interesting thing to have. Um, I, I guess for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh area, and there's a, a state-run college in a town close to us, and I think a lot of the, the music majors there and a lot of that scene are, are kind of heavy into the jazz influence stuff. At least it seems like a lot of the, the drummers and percussion people from our area are really into that. Speaking of drummers, you guys mentioned here earlier is whatever drummer is playing with the band, you guys not have a set drummer? Uh, at the current time, we don't. We're kind of like, like the spinal tap of Southern Rock. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The drummers keep blowing up. Yeah, one, yeah. one, was, one wound up being a globule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it breaks to me. We've, we've been fortunate to play with a, a couple of very talented ones, but with with our ambitions and willingness to travel and this the kind of stuff we're doing, it's kind of hard to keep someone pinned down. So occasionally we have kind of a revolving door of them, but we, we're fortunate enough to have some guys in the family that can come out on the road with us when we need them and they're not afraid to get out and get it done. So you guys are so great and, you know, the thing about your sound is, to me, as I interpret it, and as I hear it, is 
you have both blues and southern rock and one thing that's so important to this podcast is to really show the relation between those two styles of music the kind of genres is that just something oh, that, yeah that is that just natural that that's just the sound that comes out when you guys get together yeah but blues and southern rock i mean that to me that's like uh two branches on the same street you know what i mean it's right you you, you got this it, blues which is really the only true american form of music you know that's that's where the foundation was forever right and southern rock just draws so much on blues listen to the early almonds and uh grinder switch and a lot of those accounts from from the old days and that's has a lot to do with it. I mean, there's some country influence to that too. But well, the blues yeah. country had a baby. Yeah, they rocked the rock and roll. Nice uh, reference on uh, Grinder Switch. Yeah. So, are you guys uh, getting gigs? You know, you guys play blues festivals and you know, southern rock shows, or what? Like, what? Where do? You, what kind of crowds do you draw, or where? What when people are the promoters are seeking you to play what kind of gigs are they um it's kind of varied. we've we've played everywhere from dirt tracks to state prisons and <laughs> state prisons oh yeah yeah we did the prison circuit for a while and uh that was wild i like that there's a prison circuit so so what is the prison circuit for you guys like what does that reach well, it was all here in the state of Pennsylvania. Several years ago, they had a program where they would provide entertainment for the inmates a couple of times a year. And uh, we ended up getting involved in that and traveling to a few of the prisons and doing shows inside the prisons. And to be honest with you, one of my, one of my all-time favorite shows uh, was probably the Women's Maximum Security Prison. <laughs> and Muncie, Pennsylvania. That was a that was an interesting one. What's that like? What's that like playing a women's maximum security prison? A little bit intimidating. Very honest. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be careful you don't drop anything. Everything everything you take in, you have to take back out. They're, they they count the poles right down to uh the 9-1 mark, uh, that all has to be turned into the State Department of Correction in Harrisburg before you even uh, go to show. So, Jimmy dropped the pick at that show. Yeah. And, <laughs> and those guards was all over it under the stage looking for I, I wasn't sure we were getting back out of there. But we did. And we're here. So, you know, you could fashion that pick into a nice shank that could at least scratch somebody. It, it, Nothing that surprised me about that. What did you guys? Guitar strength is really scary. What did What did you guys think when you first got offered a gig at one of those things? Like, did you think like, what kind of promoter is this? Like, how did that happen? We We thought, hey, we're gonna get to play some rock and roll and get a paycheck. Yeah, there you go. So they do pay you. Okay, we need to know. Yeah. Have it, a it, bunch of women. Actually, pretty lucrative. Uh, real well, that's good. I mean, it sounds like a lot of trouble. And listen, you have a captive audience of women, probably catcalling you guys and hooting and hollering. It, it was definitely a different environment. 
The problem is, with all the telephone numbers you get, none of them works with 26. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, did anybody pick up a new pen pal while you guys played there? <laughs> I, I believe that, uh, that since then, they've actually shut that program down, and uh, they don't have entertainment like that anymore. Yeah, after COVID, COVID put the uh, brakes on. But I, yeah, or in that one time when somebody used a pick and made a shank out of it and you know stabbed <laughs> another inmate. <laughs> Does Folsom Prison automatically get into the set for those kind of shows? <laughs> I don't think we pulled that one out of there. No, we tried to stay away from it. <laughs> Jailbreak. <laughs> Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some you got a tailor for the set. It was pretty intimidating looking, so we were trying to make everybody just smile. Well, sure. I mean, it's a maximum security prison. Those are no joke yeah. convicts in that one. It's not yeah. like, you know, the women's fed prison and all white collar criminals. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Let's talk about the blues festival circuit. Like what, how many of those are you guys playing? Not as many as we'd like. Yeah. Um, this area is for places like that to play or it's, it's a tough nut to crack, you know, to get into. Okay. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the people that, that do the booking. They work with certain bands and you seem like you have a two or three year time swing because you know they don't want to repeat things. But we we have a few things going. We we've done uh, a few here around the area, and uh, but we did one down at DC. But uh, it's you know it's almost like you kind of have to every so often remind them that you're still around. Now, do you guys do your own booking? At this point, yeah. No, any booking agents? Yeah. yeah yeah i mean probably we we uh some probably good and some probably probably bad um 
Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of a lot of these bands, a lot of the bands that we talked to are D, DIY. I mean, you sort of have to do the whole whole thing yourself from booking yeah. the touring, to yeah, kind of managing all logistics, uh, everything. And everybody has to wear a bunch of different hats. And, you know, the, the hat that everybody would like to wear is the one that you write some songs and you play some music. But right. You end up doing a lot of other stuff, too. Yeah, you guys would be real surprised about the, some of the size or the name bands that are really having to do a lot of the stuff sell themselves. You know, there's there's very few or you got to be on an elite level almost where you have all that stuff done for you. So let's not talk about that. Let's talk about guitars. Three yeah. guitar players in the band. You guys started with two. What made you want to get a third? Um, the third one got sick of driving the band and wanted to play his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gives you a lot of freedom, though. You know, you have some songs where you got the acoustic stuff going, slides, you know, Skinner-ish stuff. Um, kind of, what is it? So for the guitar players, so Joe, Jimmy, and Kirsch, like, what is it? How do you guys interact together with, with three of you out there? Um, to be honest with you, it's kind of a natural thing for us. We all just kind of know what the other one's going to do, and we try to not play when we're not supposed to. That, that's that's the big thing. I think when we have that many guitar players, learning learning what not to do or when to do something that's very minimal is every bit as important as, you know, going in there and tearing something up. And this is the fact that we all, all do take turns singing stuff, it, it, it's easier with three guitars because then it frees up a little bit to concentrate a little bit more in the boat. I get to throw some harp in, and you know it works out. Yeah, watching your your videos. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. This last record we worked on, I feel like I, I think I ended up playing more harp on it on it songs than I really did guitar. So that was a little bit, a little bit unique. But you know, again, it's just the way the songs are written, and it works out for everybody that way. Yeah, because I watched some of your live videos, and you guys all seem to play different roles with the guitar. Some of you playing the rhythm stuff, some of you guys are doing solos or, or lead licks, and you guys kind of trade back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the festivals that I came across you guys on is uh, coming up August 4th and 5th, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, is a Flood City Music Festival. Have you guys played that before, or is this year going to be your first one? We have we we have played that. Uh, that was last year. We we have played that festival once, and uh, it's a nice festival. They get some decent acts in there once in a while. I like Anders Osborne and hmm. who else they had there? Oh, Kevin Allman. Uh, some of the headliners they had: Les Lobos, Doctor John, Greg uh, wow. Allman, Del McCrory. That's probably one of the better. That's one of the better festivals around our area. Our area is kind of starved for stuff like that. Even the Pittsburgh area, their their blues festivals sometimes are a little bit generic. I mean, I hate to, to sound like that, but there's so much more out there, and I think it gets overlooked by some of the promoters in that area. Well, again, there were problems with the Pittsburgh blues festival that involved, I think, more politics and anything else. Well, that's his life, I guess. They had uh, a guy that uh, ran that blues festival for a lot of years, and the whole idea was to uh, 
put the money back into the food bank down in that section of the state, and he no longer is uh, part of that. He's retired that. And the other people, uh, they like they cut the festival down for three days to one day, have it in a different place. So, you know, it, it, it's sort of a transition. So who are you guys' uh, influences for y'all? How much time you got? <laughs> as much as you want. I'm going to try to give you the short answer. Probably everyone from Kip James to Andrew Osborne. Anybody like from the state of Pennsylvania, guy. really, any Pennsylvania artists really kind of stick with you? Uh, yes, a, a gentleman named uh, Jeff Kelly. I used to call him Doc. He's no longer with us. He was a huge influence on me personally. He was a he was a great dude. He was kind of an old timer that uh, started playing folk music in the 60s, played through electric country bands into the 90s, and then hung up his electric guitars and played all like Delta and Piedmont finger style acoustic blues for the remaining years of his life. And uh, he was kind of a mentor to me. And uh, he had a huge influence on, on me, not just with music, but on a personal level. And he studied and played with uh, Ernie Hawkins, and that was a direct pipeline Reverend Gary Davis. So you know you had you had this uh, finger style ragtime type blues that was handed down to him, and it was it was great. Like one of one of the last guys around the doing that. Club. How about you, Kurt? Um, let's just not let's not. Beatles. Led Zeppelin, the Beatles. Yeah, I like them. They influenced me a lot, but it's there. But uh, I really started to get into like a car, Mick Taylor, Tara Stones, Billy Gibbons. Definitely. Like, yeah, early CD stuff, not the 80s stuff, which is still good. See, I wore my Cinderella shirt thinking you guys for like Eastern Pennsylvania. I'm like, I don't have anything geographically <laughs> like for that. Now I'm like, that blew the whole thing. It was great. <laughs> Although Cinderella does very bluesy uh, band, you know, especially as they got later on in their catalog. So who are we'll to try to top into something? We always want to uh, ask our guests, like, who else? that's kind of a, been around maybe the same amount of time as you or less uh, that we might not know about. Is there anybody you can turn us on to or, you know, anybody else that really kind of like, you know, would knock our socks off? Uh, there's a fellow out in the eastern part of the state. I don't know whether he's still playing or not, named uh, Sterling Cook, A-S-C-H, that, uh, well, he's been doing things since, Back in the 70s, 80s, long as I have. And uh, hey, he's a fine blues he's player. He's a fine blues player. He plays a lot of steel guitar and stuff like that. And uh, he's definitely interesting. Felix and Yes, Felix and Anybody else you got? Uh, there's a band from our area called Felix and the Hurricane. They're quite good. They're like a power trio that can play pretty much. Anything. They'll play Steve Skinner, Carol King, and Wow. I, yeah, I, I believe they have some original music. They do have, I think they have at least one album. Probably a couple things. 
and I've seen him do hocus pocus by hocus pocus. Three pieces on three pieces, yeah. Yes, they're very good musicians, and they've been around the block. I mean, I, I've known Felix probably for 40 years almost, and uh, I, I've seen him warm up from everybody. Z, or from uh, Molly Hatchet to uh, Blue Oyster Call. And Scott's from Paul Rogers. Yeah. He's, he's been, been on some, some uh, bills as a support act, and he always pulls it off, man. It's always a great sound, great guitar player. So you're not going to get those opening gigs if you're, if you're crap. That's right. Well, instead of other people, instead of other people's music, let's talk about your discography. How many records you guys have out? What's the last one? Give us the whole rundown here. Um, I think we have three, three out, and another one in the can that we're looking at maybe a release date of in the spring, perhaps next spring. Um. The first record was our self-titled, like Bob's song EP, mm -hmm. and it, it it had some cool stuff on it, blues, the southern rock style stuff. Um, that was pre-Kirsch, and then although I was around the song, yeah, we <laughs> remember when they were crazy. He was driving the van. He said it was fun watching <laughs> him grow up. Uh, then what was our second record? Death or Glory. The second record uh, definitely opened with a really blues influence track and kind of progresses into some yeah. ends with the Southern Rock tune and by Troy. Yeah. But that, that record also has the Garbox songs on it and uh, some jump blues, kind of a little bit. I guess it's not too buried. It's kind of a really blues influenced record. Yeah, there's a couple slow blues on it too. Um, yeah, some of your videos have some cigar record. box guitars in them. I, I think I've seen on your website. Yeah, yeah, they do. We uh, we usually put a couple of them in the set every night, and people seem to like them, so we keep keep doing it. We actually put a video out a little while ago and entered the, uh, the New Orleans Cigar Box Festival had a video challenge and we entered a video in there and actually got lucky and won, which was kind of weird because we never win anything. But <laughs> it was like, that tune was like a kind of a surf inspired Cigar Box song, which we might feature on an upcoming album at some point. Oh, that would be great. You can go to our YouTube yeah, I'll find all that stuff. That's the one there too. Our our last album that we released was called Joyland, and it uh, it's a little bit more of a southern rock influenced album. There's definitely blues roots there, but there's a lot of a uh, lot of guitar interplay and a little bit more open song structure on some of it. It's definitely got some stuff that's got like maybe a little bit more Skinner feel or a little bit more Almonds feel, which we're always trying to pay homage to those guys because we've been so heavily influenced by them and they're playing. I mean, I think 
personally, I, I probably learned more about guitar playing off of uh, One More From The Road and Live At The Fillmore than yeah. maybe any other record yeah. I've listened to. And I, I think with Death or Glory, that's the song we're already written. So my part's that sort of, I'll play this here or there, but whenever these songs come together, we're interplay, I guess. Even there was a better idea of what you were going to do whenever things were being hashed out. And this record was a little bit of a different process, too. Yeah. It was more live in the studio, like go in and just capture the band tracks and, yeah. and try to get the real live interplay instead of pushing for a more studio perfect deal. It was more like, let's just go play some music. Yeah, try not to do. Try not to depend on like overdubs and stuff for certain stuff. You know, the harmonic stuff with the guitars, we were right on it. The last record that we tracked, we actually traveled down to Nashville and worked in a really cool studio down there called Welcome to 1979. Which, Love the name. Yeah, that's where Black yeah, Rose well, did their yep, yep. vinyl. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. the idea. Yeah, Kirsch and I were talking. We were like, because we, all all of our uh, our first three records, we did all in house, like by ourselves in our own studio space. And Kirsch and I were talking one day, and we we're like, you know what? We're gonna make another record. This, this is too many hats to wear. We can't do this like this. Let's let's just find a place and go make a legit record on tape and just get it done. And he had uh, picked up the Blackberry Smoke record that they cut there and he said how about this place and i looked it up and said man that's right up our alley so we traveled traveled down there and, and cut a record in three days and it was very live and spontaneous and uh i'm excited to uh to share it with people eventually yeah. here but it's still in processing so we'll see what happens that we got some logistical issues to overcome and Try to get that out as soon as we, we can, I guess. Right on. We'll look forward to that. So just talking, you brought them up earlier, and now we just kind of organically came into uh, referencing them again. But uh, uh, Blackberry Smoke, you guys are big fans as well? Oh, yeah. yeah very huge fans. I think Kirsch might even stalk them. Probably not as bad <laughs> as he does. <laughs> he, not as bad as he stalks Mark Winter from the Nighthawks. But probably four <laughs> How many times have you seen them live? I know that I've seen them. I've seen them all. I think I've seen them maybe five times, and they were all with you. But th those guys, they they just uh, they bring it every night. There's, there's no two ways about it. I said my. Oh, they've been a huge influence for sure. Yeah, In fact, the Joyland record. Uh, some of the writing on it was directly influenced by by them. I mean, I I don't know how many times I've listened to "Holding All the Roads" or "Whippoorwill" or "Find a Light" or "Like an Arrow," but I've it's more than I can count. And I really appreciate their songwriting and style. So it's hard to not be influenced by them. Well, especially for a band that has multiple guitar players, you know, they they were just the two guys, Charlie and Paul, for a while. Now they have Benji. They interweaved the three guitar players 
about as good as anybody possibly could. So I'm sure for you guys, just paying attention to what they do and try to try to do the same. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Some of it's between the line stuff though too. Like if you listen to Charlie's playing and his influence, like how how he's able to meld like bluegrass and rock and straight country picking together. It's pretty impressive. And when you add Paul and Benji into that with their amazing abilities, those guys can do whatever they want whenever. I mean, Benji's slide playing alone is worth the price of admission. Absolutely, man. Paul, like, Paul almost playing like the part of Don Rich to Buck Owens there. It's that, That's a hard combination to beat. Do you guys listen to any uh, Mississippi Hill Country Blues at all? Uh, North Mississippi All-Stars or R.L. Burnside or any of that yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. R.L. Burnside and guys like that. Yeah. yeah that's actually uh, Carl Dufresne there for a while until he passed away a few years ago. And uh, that was his last gig with them for the North Mississippi All-Stars. He'd been with Kevin Loft for a long time and with Andrew Godborn and uh, the little Bayou Buddha. He was, he was by the musician. Yeah, Carl was nice to Yeah. Yeah, definitely listen to uh, that. Listen to those guys. North Mississippi All-Stars are cool. Uh, R.L. Burnside and like Junior Tim Brown. Yeah, definitely. Who's that other dude? Team Hall Ford? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was wild. He was from that area, wasn't he? Yeah. North Mississippi team on it. I thought I could really hear that influence in you guys in your in you listening to Joyland. Oh yeah, especially the track uh, "Shake What Your Mama Gave Me." I would think that that's. I I may not have uh, consciously thought of that as a direct reference, but now that you mention it, I can definitely it, it has that vibe. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there was clearly clearly got that vibe. So did Mark Biscuit from uh, Desert Boy. Yeah. The short answer is yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. So what? What's the? Oh, go ahead, Jason. I was gonna say, what's next for you guys? Like, what? You got some dates scheduled? Uh, yeah. May sixth, we're going down to Maryland to do a few shows. We're playing a uh, Spring Fest in Ocean City, Maryland, right on the beach at the inlet. Yep. Uh, Saturday the 6th, I think we have a morning show there. And then that night, we're going to Salisbury to do a club date. And Sunday the 7th, yeah. we'll be in Annapolis, Maryland at the Dark Horse, which is a funky little place. And that should be a, that should be a good time. They, they like rock and roll down there. They love it. Love the blues. Always on the lookout for these places to hang our hat here running. I mean, do you guys get any, anything around D.C. or Philly or anything like that, too? I mean, you're already in Maryland, a lot of those places. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've been in the eastern part of the state a couple of times, out in Harrisburg and Lancaster and mm-hmm. around York. Yep. And we've been, we've been in Maryland quite a bit. Here's a Pullman tribute band from out in that area. 
Philly area, and uh, they're always trying to get them out that way. That's interesting to me that Maryland, those parts of Maryland, would have such a, a big demand of blues and Southern rock. It just seems odd. Well, it was actually surprising to us also. We had uh, scheduled some gigs down there and didn't really know what to expect. But once we got there and played, the people were very receptive. And uh, I mean, sometimes doing what we do, we go into a place and they you're kind of loading in and they're looking at you like you have three heads and you're from outer space and <laughs> you're like, oh man, how's, how's this going to go? And then usually after we start playing, people seem to be receptive to it. And I noticed in that area, they really enjoyed rock and roll and blues music. We've always had the gift for blues people over there like that, I think. And uh, I think a lot of times, you know, they don't know what to Exactly. You go into a room that maybe isn't a uh, something that you think would be receptive to to uh, blues, blues too. People always say, "Oh, I know. I don't like the blues." But they don't know what blues really is. You know, then they're, they're walking around humming a Cialis commercial that had muddy waters on it. And stuff. They didn't. They didn't realize that you know what that was. And we got there and played songs and. Uh, like I said, usually people in an audience pretty receptive. I, I think that people, there are still pockets of people that are starved for genuine information. So whenever you can, you're lucky enough to have a decent performance and there's people in there that are receptive to actual like live music, that it's a good experience and they're you know, they appreciate it. So Jason, is it that time of the show? Brian, I think that's a perfect segue. Guys, if you like, at the end of the show, we always do a couple stupid questions here at the very end if you're game for it. Yeah, I usually have stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first question then. Dersh, better driver or guitar player? Or I want I want you guys to answer that about Kirsch, not him. Did you ever see that movie, Christine? Yeah. <laughs> the possessed car that kills people, of course. Well, well Kirsch is kind of like Barney. And he's behind the wheel, his eyes just kind of turn black, laser over, <laughs> and then you don't want to fall asleep while you're in the van. <laughs> we ain't ready well, let's put it this way. His guitar playing and his driving, they're similar. They're similar. And I would say that they're both, yeah, neck and neck. They're always the best when they cater on the edge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, if you guys could pick one band to open up for, who are you choosing? Still playing or not? Oh, you, anybody you want, living or dead. I would love to uh, open up Johnny. I was thinking Johnny Wonder too. Um, I'm going to go Blackberry Smoke. Oh, I'm there we go. Play with those guys sometimes. <laughs> Your style, though, we would all be... marked that out. You did. Oh, we got to hear about that. No, almost. Yeah, almost. Like we're using hand uh, The local promoter around here had emailed us and uh, said he was looking for an opener. 
blackberry smoke. And I didn't get the message until probably almost 10, about 10 hours later. And then it was like, oh, shit. And then you're trying to hurry up. And then, yes, we don't like to. You know, we love to. And he said, well, you know, we, we already got it covered. They laid the dollar store. Oh. It was Anyhow. What's your be, favorite pl- Oh, go ahead, Brian. I would just say that makes perfect sense, man. You guys would be awesome playing with those guys. Well, next time you talk to them, tell them, hey, we <laughs> talk to these guys. Some- <laughs> <laughs> we know some dudes. They'd be awesome. You might want a restraining order against the one guy. We could do that. Yeah, we'll send, they, we'll send they Charlie the awesome link and everything. You guys have three guitars. They have three guitars. It's perfect. All right. I think it could work. We will do that. We'll pass that on. All right. Next question. What's your favorite place to play a show? Like one specific place or one type? Yeah. Like, like, what what do you guys feel the best playing? Like your home base? I enjoyed the last show we did at the theater. We did a theater in our hometown and had a really good show last month and i enjoyed that very much I that's the one you guys sold there. out i think i saw some pictures of the ticket ticket office. Yeah, yeah 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 we uh we have a video on our on our youtube channel i think one of the songs off that yeah, peter green all right what is one place that you haven't played yet that you want to the run yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's as good of an answer as anything. I mean, that's that's the the best place to play a rock show. I don't know. Red Rocks. Yeah, yeah. Like Red Rocks. I I don't mind playing any place, man, as long as it's you know you got a big, big crowd and you get in there and tear it up and it ain't raining too hard. Yeah, great. <laughs> that's why you guys are open to always playing in maximum security women's prison. So. Everybody listening, if you've got gigs at these women prisons. <laughs> All right, Brian and I are visiting your hometown or surrounding area. Give us a place we got to go to get something to eat. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Danny Still. Yeah, yeah. 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 And get the Jukebox Blummer's sandwich. Yep. Uh, they named the sandwich, yeah. Yeah, so, so what is in this jukebox bomber sandwich? What is it made at? What is it? It's a fried catfish sandwich. Really? Yeah. 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 Big, big sandwich. And it's not one oh, of those uh, sandwiches with like the french fries on all top of it, is it? No, no. no. You get a side order of fries this, or homemade chips. This this place and, and this place is actually one of my favorite places. It's uh, Spills Tavern, and it is about as close to a legit juke joint as you can find around here. It's a really small, funky place. They have a cigar box museum inside that's like all the walls are covered with cigar box guitars wow. that people sent from all over the world. Okay, good. And, uh, yeah, Shane Shane Spill kind of spearheaded that his dad dan owns the place and we frequent there it's one of our uh it's one of our stops which is a really small place the, it's not spectacular as a music venue but the vibe in there is awesome and the people there are always just so sweet and uh dan the owner he uh 
he has great food in there. And I'll, that's the place I would definitely tell you to go, Spills Tavern. It, it's one of the last real honky tonk deep joints. And what like city is that in? In Alexandria. It's near Greensburg, Pennsylvania, which is about a half hour east of Pittsburgh. I'm writing that down. I'm writing nice it down. The crowd that comes in there is there to watch me, to listen to me. They're there strictly for me. Yeah. Dan, Dan has live music in there like four nights a week, and it's one of the only places around here that can sustain that. He has a he has brought together a really wonderful community of musicians and people there. And it's, I can't say enough good things about Dan. Yeah. Uh, you got time for a quick Dan story? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, this, this is the kind of guy that Dan is. One night we were doing a show at Club Cafe with a gentleman named Brandon Santini, who is a great blues harp player, by the way, if you've never heard of him, look him up. And, uh, we were in Dan's neighborhood and we got a flat tire on our van. And of course we're already running late for loading. And now we have no spare tire and we're pretty much the spare was flat. The spare was flat. So we're kind of screwed. We're sitting along the highway thinking, who can we call? We're like the only guy we know down here is Dan Spiel. So we called Dan and say, Dan, can you help us? We have a flat tire. And he says, absolutely. He comes over and bails us out sends us on our way. We go play a show. And later that night, on the way home, my phone rings. And it's Dan Spill. And I answer and go, hi, Dan, what's up, you know? And he goes, I just wanted to make sure everything went all right and that you guys don't need anything. You know, it's like 1.30 in the morning. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, you can't go to sleep until I know you guys are on the way home. But that's, that's just the kind of guy he is. He bailed us out and then called to check on us like he was our dad. He even offered his truck. He said, hey, take my truck around. No, we just get air tired. <laughs> well, that means everybody <laughs> listening here. Well, we want everybody listening, if they're by Greensboro or Alexandria, Pennsylvania, to go to Spill's Tavern. Give this guy some service. Give him, give him some patronage. Yeah, I don't think they'd be disappointed if they're looking for that old old school vibe. It's definitely located there. I'm going to try the jukebox uh, sandwich there. That name after you guys. The jukebox bomber sandwich, right? That's the name of it. Juke house. Juke house bomber. Oh, oh, juke house. Juke house bomber sandwich. Gotcha. Yeah. So it really is named after you guys. Yeah. Or I guess after you buy 600 sandwiches, you get more names after. <laughs> now, did you guys get to pick what was what was the ingredients of the sandwich, or did they just make it naming after you guys? Oh, Dan just called us one day and said, "Hey, I've revamped my menu. I'd like to name a sandwich after you." And we said, "Sure, Dan. Whatever you want to do, buddy." <laughs> I hope you guys like catfish. Oh yeah, yeah. I I enjoy the sandwich. Good. <laughs> Uh, all right for you guitar players actually Troy you can hop in on this as well too I'm going to go go around to you guys each got to answer this one it's a, it's a multiple choice question it's only two 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 possible answers Gibson or Fender uh Fender definitely Fender Troy um I I have to pick one you got to pick one 
Oh. I'm going to go with Matelli. I'm going to go with the Q. I'm going with my Firebird for now. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a nice fiber. That's a single pickup one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Like, Tell me about that guitar. Well, I'm going to let the cat out of the back. Really? Mm-hmm. I have a couple gifts, too, but the... Is that the Bonamassa uh, one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read yeah. good things about that one. Actually, the the Epiphone Firebird now with the two pickups, uh, the Mini Hums. I read good things about that too. Well, they're built just like the the, the Gibson one. They're all headstock to uh, through neck through body guitars that are done in the uh, laminate with the walnut and the mahogany. And uh, I heard such good things about the Bonamassa. Uh, Firebird that I looked looked for one for three years. I found one for sale for a really reasonable price that was like new condition and uh, fell in love with it. Yeah, it's it's, it's becoming relic and I didn't have to pay for it. (laughs) Well, Firebirds now, like the Gibson Firebirds, they're crazy costly. You know, you can't get a Gibson Firebird, yeah. I don't think, for less than four or five K anymore. It's that's crazy. Yeah, it, they fluctuate. You can look around, you can find a good one uh, for you know, usually you can probably find a good two grand or twenty two hundred bucks if you look for it. I don't know, man. I think the guitar market's about the bust again. I think the guitar market's about the bust again too. Not that I, I think so too. Calls, I mean, a lot of people pick try to pick up the instrument during COVID because you're, you know, stuck in your house. A lot of people just didn't stick with it. I think the demand's going to go down. I think actually the secondary market should be really good. There should be a lot of really good used stuff coming at some good prices. I, I liked it better when everybody was still hating on CBS vendors and Norlin Gibson because then at least <laughs> you could still buy them reasonably priced, you know? Yeah. Yeah, these fenders, they do have some reasonably priced stuff, but man, Gibson just raised their prices again, and it's crazy. I think the standard now is $2,800. Uh, they're selling um, the studio for $1,700. I'm like, I'm I'm not going to buy a brand new studio for $1,700. I'd buy a, like a used one for $1,000, but that's just, a, that's just crazy cost. Yeah, agreed. Anyway, all right. Now I'm now I'm gonna get fired up. We're gonna move away from this question. <laughs> Did everybody answer that one on my last track when we're talking about the Firebird? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Do we do two two uh, fenders and two gibbies? Is that what I heard, or is it three fenders and one gibby? I was two two fenders, two Gibsons. All right. All right. Place. In a tough place on that. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's all right. Well, that's what you know. You got to do it. You got to make the hard decisions here. <laughs> But when we started off playing, Joe played his belly, Jimmy played his strap, and I thought, well, I'm going to go to Gibson route to break it up like yeah. Dick did. Scared with the strike cast between Terry and Al. Gibson. Well, you got to mix it up, too. You got to have single coil, you got to have a humbucker to mix up the sound so everybody doesn't sound the same. That's that's smart. I mean, again, Skinner did it. You look at Blackberry Smoke, they're all doing different things, whether it's humbuckers, P90s, single coils. They've got all of them kind of mixed around. And I like them all too. That's I've got good. my 
TV yellow P90s, my standard, my Strat and Tele back up there. So get all the sounds. None of them are any good when I play them, but I can do them all. <laughs> I've been in love with P90s the last couple of years, man. They're just a great pickup. They are their own indistinguished, you know, their own distinguished sound. And then the versatility out of a P90, man, you could do anything you want. You could get the hard rock. You could get the more lighter sounds out of them. It's amazing. That TV yellow special I have just, just sounds great. It's all you really need. All right. We're quitting advertising for Gibson here. I got one last question for you guys and you all got answered. Okay. Give us a guilty pleasure song or artist, somebody that we'd be surprised to hear that you like. Who wants to start? Which tall line? Oh my <laughs> There's four of you, so the chances are somebody's a Taylor Swift fan. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh man, that's a did you did you hear his Glenn Campbell reference or his uh first? No. Oh yeah. Wichita lineman. Okay. Wichita lineman. Is that what you heard? Is that what you said? Yeah. Which is not really surprised. No, I'm gonna say that one's not I'm not I'm not surprised by that. I think we I think he can do better. Yeah, he can. What's that monkey song? Pleasant Valley Sunday. Okay, Pleasant Valley Sunday. All right, that's a little, that's a little cheesy. Okay, all right. All right, who do we got next? Iggy Pop, Lust for Life. That's a classic, though, man. Who, you know, I've, the punk. That's not my style. That was, I, I never listened much to Iggy until the last actually until he put this new record out, the spring. I thought it was a pretty good record. I've heard this new record is really good. So you're telling me I should listen to it. The new Iggy Pop record's good. Yeah, that's a uh, Harry Nelson song on there, I believe. Pretty well. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll go with Iggy Pop, Lust for Life. We'll take that one. And you guys are a Southern Rock Blues band. You're pulling the punk out. I'll I'll go for that one. All right. We got two two more to go, I think, don't we? Um, Lately, I've been listening to the soundtrack from the Greatest Showman movie quite a bit. Oh, the, uh, the, that's the um, uh, the dude who played Wolverine in the X-Men movies, right? I believe so, yeah. What is his name? Not uh, not Harry. What is his name? Yeah. What is his name? Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, not Harry. I want to say here. Hugh Jackman. All right. That's a good one. That's a good choice. I'm very surprised to hear that. All right, we got one of you left. Who hasn't get, who hasn't given us their guilty pleasure yet? George, I guess I've always I've always been a fan of the Clash. You could I could probably find something that I'd like on any Clash. So I guess give them a knock for for London Calling. London Calling. Yes. Look at look at you guys. You got you got two punk got two punk songs, two punk bands out of you guys. I like it. Everybody needs a little punk, man. Everybody needs a little bit of edge in their in their musical library. All right. Gentlemen. What's that? <laughs> I just said I'll take the star chatting. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen. 
you have a sandwich named after you. You've played women's prisons. Um, you play a lot of shows in Maryland. I, what else don't you do? So, guys, where do people go who are listening to find out more about your music, to find out when you're playing a women's prison, to find out when you got a sandwich named after you? Where do we go to find out all about you guys? Uh, you can look up Duke House Bombers on all the social medias or Spotify or our, our dedicated website, DukeHouseBombers.com. Um, you should sponsor a softball team, you know, like a men's softball team, Juke House Bombers. That's a hell of a name for a softball club. <laughs> well, we, we used to sponsor a race car. Really? <laughs> I like the softball. The softball team idea is a good idea. We could put them up against the Pirates and probably have a chance after the All-Star break. <laughs> probably, but that. the... But the Pirates are playing really well right now. I think they are first in the division, and they just smoked my Cincinnati Reds. I think just swept them. So, for now, don't get excited. For now. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Pirates fan, you know, it's a shame. Like the Reds and the Pirates, late late eighties, early nineties, were really good, and uh, man, those guys just both of those clubs have not been able to really keep it keep it going since then. It's been a long time. Have you? I'm assuming you've been to PNC and, and watched games in there, right? I have not. It is on my list. I'm not that far away. I really need to go. Uh, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm not a huge pro sports fan at this juncture, but I've seen several games there, and it's a beautiful park. It's worth going just to enjoy the atmosphere of the ballpark for a day. Everybody always That's says that. Like, it's one of the nicest looking ones. Yeah, I'm in. You guys need to do a post-show concert there. That would be awesome. And then I'll come. Absolutely. And I'm down for a Pirates game. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We'll check you out on all the social medias. I just started making sure I was following you guys on all of them right before we get on. Uh, we'll make sure we tag you guys when we promote the episode. Over to you, Brian. Well, thank you so much, guys. It means a lot to us. You guys came on. I'm so glad that I came across your band and your music is fantastic. And we're going to be promoting the hell out of you guys and following you. And we want you back on whenever you'd like. I'm ready for the Juke House Bomber softball team. I really am. I got to have that. <laughs> there, There is a link tree on uh, Instagram or Facebook or one of those things that will take you to all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and you guys have a great website too. So everybody's listening. If you go to the official website, there's videos, there's merch, tour dates, all the stuff. It looks great. Check it out. Because I know some people they they have their own preference on what they listen to as far as you know, whether it be Spotify or any of those iHeart. There's so many different internet radios out there, but we're on we're on all, pretty much all of them. So you know, whatever somebody has as far as their app that they listen to uh, and or and all that just look us up we're on there hey can i take a second to say thank you to you guys for thank doing you. what you do yeah because it it means a lot that there's people out there that still care about uh rock and roll music and blues and it's really nice getting to chat with you guys today so i just want to say thanks a lot thank oh, you very much
Thank you to all the gentlemen and Juke House Bombers. Uh, what a treat. And you know what? You didn't even have to ask them a good story from the road. They, they told us that before we even got close to that segment. Yeah, I think when you play in a maximum security prison, there's really no other story that could quite top that. I've heard, you know, there's state fair circuits. I've heard of gigs of bowling alleys, you know, out in the middle of a field or the, where you would, I think it was DeFrance that you were trying to see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was in the middle of a All field. sorts yeah. of weird venues. I've never, ever heard about the state. The prison circuit. circuit. The prison circuit. So it, it feels to me like there was something the Blues Brothers would have done. But we got a blues and Southern rock band out there. Uh, with the juke juke joint bombers like juke i, I want to call them the jukebox <laughs> heroes like like juke jukebox house it's juke house i why can't i say the name i even screwed up i screwed up where they're from but it's my tradition to mess something up but mm-hmm. joe jimmy uh kirsch and troy were great to have on you know three guitar players and a bass player uh and chat with them a little bit about you know their musical interplay and how they all work together and fellow Blackberry Smoke fans. So it was cool to get their take on on Blackberry Smoke and see how much they are influenced by them. And when you listen to Juke House Bombers, you're going to hear blues and Southern rock. So it's very cool for us seeing all that, you know, we're we're trying to get, you know, hopefully some people will recognize the relation between those two styles of music styles of rock and roll yeah and in the band too juke house bombers i got it right this time uh it's cool some of the songs are really like old school like lo-fi blue and blues and some of them are more like rock and like southern southern rock it's kind of a nice if you listen to them they definitely have a wide spectrum of sounds yeah and also they turned us on to uh spiel's tavern and we're gonna try to like uh get the owner from there on the podcast and um we're definitely cigar box yeah yeah cigar box museum there guitar museum yeah and the uh, juke house bombers got a record coming out uh at some point that they recorded at welcome to 1979 studios in nashville where blackberry smoke did their stoned record so uh we're definitely going to look forward to that and that's you know that's another person to some more people to hit up to be on and that's uh Welcome to 1979. I've gotten in touch with them briefly before. I'm going to have to try again. But uh, anyway, thank you so much, Juke House Bombers. And uh, as we get all this stuff lined up, great stuff for you guys to hear in the future. Always remember, Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
Behind. 